Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the MSP Initiative, MSP Talk. We are on July 18th. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're right in the thick of summertime here in uh, North America uh, and Europe, for that matter, except for our friends down in, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand, and that part of the world's wintertime. Yeah, they got the reverse, just like how the toilet spins, right? A couple of housekeeping items that we get done in the beginning of these calls, and then we get into the good stuff. So let's just uh, get right into that right now. Uh, here we go. MSPinitiative.com. This is what we do here at, at uh, this organization. So you'll see this session and every other session we've ever done is here under the sessions tab in podcast and video format. So um, feel free to check this right after this and go backwards in time and you'll see all of our sessions that go back till 2020. We have an event coming up in Denver, second week of Denver on the 14th and 15th called MSP Community Minds. We're bringing in experts from around the industry and MSPs themselves uh, to do both panels and workshops with the um, with this event. It's completely a knowledge learning event, no death by PowerPoint. So uh, we definitely would love for you to join us. It's absolutely free to register. So, you know, all you got to do is get to Denver and uh, the rest uh, will be unraveled for you. Um, so definitely take a look at that. This is uh, what we did when we parked our bus and went into more of a formal, let's pay it back to the community type event. Then we have the remainder of our MSP community block parties. We had several in the beginning of the year uh, in Europe, and now we're coming back to the US side. The last three of the year are in Florida. So we cover Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and Orlando. Surprise! Uh, like every other MSP event is in Florida anyway. So the first one is the MSP Community Boat Party. This is uh, being done in Fort Lauderdale, right out across from the Diplomat Beach Resort. We're working in conjunction with our friends from Taylor Business Group and the Big Big Conference. So if you're in Florida or just want to come in and you know do a you know in, a community boat party down the intercoastal in Fort Lauderdale, you know feel free to join us and register. If you're headed to the Taylor Business Group Big Big Conference, this will be part of the agenda of that event as well. Um, so if you haven't heard of either, uh, you know, go ahead and check it out. Uh, we really, really love this thing. And then, um, of course, we have DattoCon Miami. We did DattoCon Dublin in Europe. This is its sister event in Miami. So uh, if you're headed there, um, we'll be doing a party and it'll be on the agenda for that conference as well. And then lastly is the MSP Community Block Party in Orlando. If you missed last year, we did the all. We were we actually brought on the all American rejects, as uh, yeah to do a special party for the um, IT community. Um, my menu is a little tough to deal with, but it's in there. If you go to past party, you'll see it under twenty two MSP community block party. Um, check it out. We're going to bring in another band in this year. We're about to announce it. We're super excited about it. Uh, that is the big one to wrap up the year. We have some MSP community offers. So these are companies from around the industry giving you some hookups. So check it out. And lastly, our industry calendar, and this is just our homework for the year. We'll start working into 2024 as well, but effectively, um, you know, if you're just curious what's happening in the industry, here it is. And if you think uh, something's missing, just go ahead and submit the event and we will add it there for everyone to see. And that is our housekeeping. So thank you for just bearing with me while we, you know, kind of wrap that all together. Now we bring in our guest speaker for this session, Frank. Uh, from IGI Labs, um, Frank is actually out and about in, um, you know, in Portland. He said so. He's gonna be driving, uh, joining us live. There he is. How you doing today? Hey, great, George. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like I just ran into you in Dallas when it was like 110 degrees. It felt like. Yeah, thankfully we got out of there in time, huh? <laughs> man, you know, Texas is a great place, but uh, during the summertime, man, 100% humidity and 100, 100 degrees, that definitely, you know. Yeah, they, they, they were all trying place. to. They were, they were all trying to, all the locals were trying to tell me, oh, this isn't very humid. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, well, you should just come to Phoenix where it's like 110 degrees, but no humidity. And I'm like, there was a time when my shoes melted in Phoenix. Like, <laughs> yeah, I that can them. happen. So, I, I don't forget yeah. that because it's not often that that happens, but um, yeah, wow. it happens. Well, we'll be, we'll be in uh I assume you're going well. Channel Con's in a couple of weeks, so we'll be there in Vegas in uh, toasty warm there too. Hundred so, percent, yeah. It's going to be definitely, yeah. definitely toasty. I won't be in Vegas myself. My my okay. team will be there. <clears throat> I'll be there the week after in Denver. So if you want to join us there, let me know. But um, okay, you know, Denver's hopefully not too toasty this time of year. Yeah, no, not bad. Hundred. So Frank, yes, sir. For people who don't, you know, you've been on before. But for people who you know aren't aware of you, uh, I always like to start with, hey, let's learn a little bit about the person. And then like we can go into like what you guys do at your company and how that applies okay. to like, you know, the larger sure. picture. So all yeah. you friend, go for it. Yeah. So uh been a long time vendor side of business. So I'll admit I'm not haven't been an MSP, haven't been a reseller partner, but I've Spent time at Apple, at many years at Intel, did an early retirement from Intel, worked um, consulting, I've worked at Cinex for a couple of years way back when, about 15 years ago. Uh, so kind of had the distribution partnership uh, world and um, working now for IGI Cyber Labs, the maker of Nodeware, which is a vulnerability tool. Um, and my, my, I guess my career success, my passion uh, interest has been around building partnerships and alliances and sort of the one plus one equaling three kind of, you know, effort if, you know, it, whether you call it build a community, right, it's, it's, it's the pieces working together and sort of figuring out how they, how they work together, what's the value of them working together, um, you know, taking egos aside and, you know, position a we're the best and we're the only ones and blah 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 it's like you know what nobody's that good <laughs> nobody's that special we all need each other and uh really kind of driving that as a you know my mantra if you will in terms of what i like to do and what uh what i like putting together totally awesome yeah and i you know the channel is uh a diverse sandbox uh, yeah, from a lot of people from different angles. I love how some people come from, you know, kind of more your path, right? Big box corporate, you know, like, you know, the names that everybody recognizes. Other people come from, you know, the trench, I like to call it, right? And work the other yeah, way. Yeah, but yeah. we all converge somewhere, some way. Um, well, you know, like you said, at these shows, right, you see the range of vendors, you see the range of people. And so, oh, didn't you used to be there? Yeah, but now I'm here. I mean, the movement is so dynamic. Um you know, there's there's always some key learnings and some some additional piece you learn that you put together, and you know, again, you just kind of keep adding to the, your your brain resume, if you will, your brain knowledge. And you know, I think everybody's got a piece of value to to contribute, and just where you put it together is you know kind of up to you. And you know, but there's always value in what you learn and what you know. Going to these shows, I love just you know half the time. You know, a lot of I see a lot of vendors that will just go into a just go to their booth to set up and then they're you know separate I, I like going into the you know the keynotes and you know some of the breakouts and learning what people are saying and 
hearing what direction, you know, maybe <laughs> be honest, it might be BS, but at least you're hearing what they're saying and how they're positioning it. So you can understand, you know, when somebody says, oh, we love this, but you know, you got to have a point counterpoint and you can't do that by sitting in a room or sitting, sitting away from where it's, where it's all happening. No, hundred percent. Talk to us a little bit about what I know you're, it's maybe a confusing name, right? There's IGI labs. And then there's like, I guess the brand underneath of it, maybe you can like make it a little yeah. streamlined for us. Yeah. So, so quick history, the, the, the overall company infinite group Inc or IGI has been around over 30 years uh, doing various things. And the last 15, 20 has been focused on cyber server cybersecurity services um, and out of it, like pen tests and virtual CISO and incident response kinds of things. Out of that came Nodeware, which is the product. Uh, it's a SaaS cloud platform where we do continuous, you know, normal business hours, vulnerability scanning and assessments. And um, so IGI Cyber Labs is the company that produces Nodeware today. So you'll see the branding as Nodeware built by IGI Cyber Labs. Um, and just, George, are you there? We just made to make sure we're connected. Yep, I got you, my friend. Oh, okay, perfect. Okay. Sorry, Sorry about that. No, 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 I just, I was having connection issues before I wanted to make sure we were good. Um, so, so yeah, so Nodeware is the product. It's a, it's a MSP focused product, channel only. Uh, we sell to MSPs of various sizes and they, use it to do continuous scanning, right? So there's a, you know, it's an increasing issue or increasing need for whether it's cyber insurance or it's compliance or it's audits or just good cyber hygiene, right? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's got a, it's, it's a key element kind of, been, you know, if there's, if there's been kind of three key elements that have been called out and, and I kind of consider vulnerability management the fourth, but you've got MFA, you've got security awareness training, and you've got um, sort of EDR, you know, any kind of DR kind of response. And those three, maybe out of firewall, is kind of the, the, the have been the critical elements. But the thing that we really promote and drive and enable with Nodeware is a proactive approach to to cyber, right? So what we what we provide is a tool. It's a sensor based or agents uh, kind of a combination where you can identify and um, and sort of uh, fingerprint and you can then scan every IP address on the network and on a company's network, whether it's on-prem or off. And so with that, right, you an MSP and their techs are able to go in proactively look for, you know, the latest CBE that was just announced a couple of days ago or one that was maybe announced a couple of years ago. Um, we can look at every system, we can look at uh, with authenticated and, and uh, credentialed scans, we look deep into the system and can look for, you know, a word patch that's missing or a KB file on a server. Um, but those are the, those are the elements that the, the bad guys, right, are looking for. And so if you're not looking for them proactively, you might get hit before you, you, you'd know it or before you're able to fix it. So we kind of really focus on a proactive approach. Um, we provide, it's a, it, easy setup on the front end, right? Sort of the whole deployment can be 20 minutes. You can be up and collecting data at your customer to remediation recipes. So once you find a CVE or a vulnerability, that's great, but now you need to know how to fix it, right? The MSP needs to quickly, you know, know where to go, right? And normally, normally they have to go and research it and Google, you know, CVE 10, 20, you know, 2022-1065, 
right? And figure out what to do. Well, within our tool, we're actually able to, to get that specific remediation recipe in the tool. So the MSP doesn't have to you know, spend that extra time looking for how to fix it. So that's kind of our value add. Uh, our distinction is the continuous elements, the uh, you know, proactive nature, the reporting for when you do need to do compliance and audits, we have those available and, and uh, you know, you can produce them at any time. Wow. <clears throat> so this is kind of a larger topic, right? Because you know, if you talk to anyone that has, you know, I don't know if it's the level of a CISO, but anyone with a more security focused background, they'll tell you that um, vulnerability management should just be part of the equation, right? Like, absolutely. Um, you know, like I would say most MSPs probably don't have that in their, in their, you know, backend tool set regularly. Um, you know, right. like they do patching, there's security products, right? There's things like that. And like, whenever somebody flags them on a bigger issue, obviously the industry is pretty squawky and they, they realize they got to go do a zero day, something or other. Right. But generally speaking, like we hear words like pen testing and I guess vulnerability management falls in that category to some degree. and they, it's really, you hear about this being done point in time, right? Like, Hey, we do this once a year or we do this yeah. once a, you know, every six months. Yeah. yeah and there's, like, there's... I, I was going to say my last one, oh, there's some, there's some question. there's some questions that always come up on the affordability for the non-corporate, you know, big company to be able to do stuff like that. Like most SMBs wouldn't do a pen test, for example, unless they're required. Yeah. To. The question. The question, the question really is kind of a bit of a definitional requirement, right? There's, there's three. Uh oh. Let's see, Frank signal catches right. something else. Frank, you with us, buddy? Yeah. All yeah, right. Can Re you hear me okay? Rewind, rewind yeah, about we'll 15 seconds. Um, there's three things. So there's, there's, there's sort of. <laughs> there's kind of vulnerability assessment. Yeah, there's three things. There's vulnerability assessment. Right, which is the one-time point point in time scan, right? So at least it's a it's a vulnerability lookup. It's sort of report a single time and point in time, and that's been kind of the norm for a lot of MSPs and their customers, right? That's kind of been the, you know, I need the checklist, right? I'm applying for, uh, I'm I'm got to do my compliance report. I need the check the check item. There's vulnerability management, which is more the continuous scanning, right? It's not just doing the once a deal. It's being continuously looking, being proactive, right? And, but it's from an internal standpoint, right? You're, you're looking internal um, and, it's, and it's ongoing and it should be a daily, daily occurrence. Pen test is a third level, which is really kind of the external trying to break in, right? It's, a, it's the, the white hat hackers, right? Testing in, finding the vulnerabilities, finding breakpoints and reporting on those and then providing that, that data to an IT shop or the MSP. That's really kind of a third party check, right? The vulnerability assessment and the management, the MSP could and should do every day. Um, but the pen test is really kind of an external third party requirement, or at least it should be, right? The, 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 you know, the companies need, you know, the, can't be, the fox can't be watching the hen house. And so that's, that's really the distinction. Okay. So really, uh, you know, like the, what your company does is more of the automated reoccurring kind of, hey, let's tell you what you have versus what we know. And the pen right. test, which does, it, uh, do you do that or is that's not something you do? There, there's, a, there's a part of our, the, the IGI, the services side of our business, right? There's the IGI cyber labs and there's IGI cyber services. 
The okay. services does the, does the penetration test. So if an MSP is needing that third party test, then they can contact me and, and we can set you up with that. And we have those available through distribution or you know we can work with you directly if, if needed. So basically um, that's something that has to really get scoped out, right? Where a human it, it being does. Yeah. trying to actually it's, see if they can break yeah. it. Well, it, it, it has to be scoped out both for the, the scope of the project, right? Because whether it's five externals and or 10 or 20 or more, or if it's, if it's uh, you know, just just sort of how, how big and how often it needs to be done. Um, so it's kind of a, it's, it's definitely back, back and forth kind of sounds bad, but it's, it's, it's a discussion between us, you and the end user um, on what's needed and, you know, what, what, what reporting they need and all that. So we, we customize the pen test reports quite a bit. Got it. So like, there's almost like, I would assume that you could use some of the data that's in the vulnerability system as part of the work that's done on the pen test if you go down that road. It could be, absolutely. Well, it, it's kind of, it kind of both goes both ways, right? The, the, the pen test is gonna tell you what the really critical things are that need to get fixed, right? Because we could get into there um, or, or the, the pen tester can. So that's, and, but again, that's kind of the one time, you know, you wouldn't do a pen test every month, right? You would do it maybe once a quarter or once every six months, kind of just depending on budget and need. Um, but the vulnerability, assessments and management is the ongoing piece so they they they, they support each other right because if you're doing if you're doing good proactive vulnerability management the pen test is going to come out shining right because you've you know you you've you know they might still find a way in but um it's going to be reduced right it's it's kind of the re, you know reducing the risk of the good guys getting in and really reducing the risk of the bad guys um when you can be that proactive when you can do that, be doing it on a continuous basis. And then when you have to do the pen test, it's gonna be not as ugly and scary <laughs> coming out. I mean, some of these pen tests comes out with, you know, big, long, deep reports that are all the thing, the findings and the suggested steps and remediations. Um, but if you can reduce that on the front end via vulnerability management, then you're kind of ahead of the game. No, hundred percent. So obviously, and we've talked about this, forever right that like the msp doesn't have enough in-house resources most of the time to actually function from uh, all avenues right they got to use outside parties to help offset what they're not good at or what they don't have Absolutely. resources for so like right. what happens when they fire up your system they scan in a customer's environment whether it be cloud environment or prem based whatever and then your system comes back to them with hey you got a problem now what now what do they do once you've like basically flagged them and said we've we, we've stumbled upon something you need to know about yeah so so typically what we our tool today basically will identify that vulnerability right and and if it's pretty good if it's a critical vulnerability we'll include you know we'll send out alerts and and let them know but we provide the remediation step so they they would still need their other tools like rmm tool or sim tool to go and and you know deploy the patch or to do to remove a file that's on that shouldn't be on, um, et cetera. That's what we can really find, you know, including, you know, a, a word word application that is, you know, got a, something missing, right? So we we're not just looking at the core OS, but we're looking at other apps and other programs on those systems um, for what what could be done. So 
again, it's, you know, the, the work still needs to be done. We're not, you know, we, we help you identify it. We help you reduce the time to get the work done, right? You're not having to go research, you know, uh, how do I fix this one? Well, it's right here. We, we tell you, um, we're looking at some different ways and we have different integrations with partners like uh, working on things like with Highwire and, and Talibi and, um, you know, Augment and others that are providing different elements of reporting or tools that our data can go into so that it can reduce the, the, the panes of glass that, uh, that an MSP has to look at, right? Our data can go into them. And then when they need to go deep in our platform, they still obviously have the access. Um, but, but, you know, there's, there's um, you know, again, I, I feel for the MSP often when you go to these shows and you see, you know, 40 vendors in a hall and everybody's got, you know, 98% of them have something either directly or indirectly with cyber. And like it's overwhelming. I, I get it. Um, and and we're trying to, you know, at least on our part, we're trying to keep it simple. That, you know, there there are there are some absolute basics you have to do. I mean, obviously, clearly MFA, you know, um, firewall, some EDR stuff. You know, the security awareness training is a, you know, is the next sort of really important thing. Whether your partner, your end user is getting it directly or through you, that's a, you know, it's a good opportunity. And then we think, you know, vulnerability is the next sort of, you know, fourth leg of the stool, right? You gotta, you gotta have it to be, you know, in good standing or in good sitting, if you will. What happens if the how to fix this problem, you know, response that you guys send back, um, is too complicated, or they don't understand what to do about it? What, where do they go? Uh, that's a good question. They can go, I mean, they can come to us from on the services side. We, we have some resources that can help them, uh, you know, get, get things fixed. The tool, it's Nodeware itself won't provide that level of guidance. They, you know, they're, 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 ultimately, they're going to have to go outside. It could be, you know, like TD Cinex, for example, has got, you know, service solve that can, you know, help resolve some issues. Um, one of our distributors, Rain Networks, does some value add support. Um, but it's, you know, you, you probably have a better resource list of, of sort of experts that people can go to than, than I do. Um, maybe you provide that. But I think, you know, ultimately, you know, again, kind of, kind of back to the beginning, right? No, no MSP is an island, right? You, you got to be, you got to be connected. You got to have the peer groups probably is a, one of the bigger opportunities just, just kind of came to me, right? You got Reddit, you got, you know, the various so you, peer groups. So, so would you say that? The, the type of work, like maybe an MSP is like, hey, I don't understand what's going on. I'm just going to reformat this particular system or redeploy it, right? You know, kind of start mm -hmm. from scratch. Or, yeah. but if it gets past a certain point, would this be the work like a true sock type company would be doing in order to remediate? I, I I think so. I mean, that's kind of where it's where where it may be going. Whether it's a sock or a, I mean, I, I'm trying to think. There are a couple companies I've I've thought of that are doing. Um, yeah, you know, just just that that so Accenture kind of is the ultimate, right? I'm just thinking at a, at an enterprise level, um, but there's got to be some some channel ready companies like that um, that that can do it. And again, part of part of the IGI services side uh, could 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 support some of that. So it's worth a conversation. I think they just you know when they get to that point, it's 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 ask ask me, I can help, or ask uh, you know ask your distributor, ask. You know your peer groups. If if you know, I think I'm, I don't know how many. You probably know this better. You know how many 
peer groups typically does an MSP belong to? Is it, it's probably more than one. But... I, would say, I would say many aren't involved in any, but there is definitely yeah, value for peer groups because you can yeah, leverage absolutely. the other people in your group if you don't have the resources on staff, right? And usually as a group, yep. somebody has the answer in your, you know, kind of 10 company group more, you know, somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Or, or they're at least pointing in the right place. And yeah. Let me guess. And I think we touched this on this on a, on a, on a call long ago or a podcast long ago. This type of functionality you would usually find kind of as part of other platforms and you've kind of now are offering it outside of those solutions so that it's more consumable to, you know, like the MSP small business type, you know, approach. Yes. Um, well, sort of. Um, I, I think a lot the where we overlap with some tools that have been out there for a while is the, is the you know is the asset or the IP address identification right there's not network management tools like avic and um, enable and some others right that are doing you know the, the network management they're they're moving things around they're showing where they're connected where i'm actually kind of surprised in in the couple of years i've been working with nodeware and is the where the the vulnerability is it's always been kind of an isolated product from, from enterprise level. You got Qualys and Tenable, right? In the channel products, you got Volscan, rapid fire tools. You've got um, Connect Secure that have, you know, you know, that are in this space, but they're all, we're all, I say they're all still independent products that nobody's really integrated well, that I've seen anyway, a, a true vulnerability into a bigger stack, um, at least a continuous vulnerability. So, um, you know the the, the connectwise has a little bit of uh, vulnerability, but they're 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 kind of limited on their product. Um, but any any of the other products need need to add vulnerability management, and that's what I'm working a lot on is is integrations and alliance partnerships with. You know our our data can be sent up via API any any level of the data or you know one piece of it or all of it. So we're working with folks to be able to take our data. And put it into their platform, um, mix yeah, it in because they because they don't have it. Fair. I, I almost feel like all right, take the enterprise guys away, right? Tenable and some of these other kind of big name companies. Right. I almost feel like this is a missing part of like the RMM, you know, like that's already like scanning the network, and you're like, hmm, yeah. why? Surprised they don't have an avenue for this. So like, here it is, right? Yeah, no, I because I, it's 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 a it's a different type of program, right? It's it's you know it's having to manage the you know the the massive databases, right, of known vulnerabilities, right? It's having you know the agent or the sensor that can go out and identify the assets, sort of do a scan on it for looking for certain types of things that match up against that database. So you know the the RMMs are. Um, able to, you know, once we find the remediation, right, they're the tool that an MSP should be using to to fix it. But yeah. they haven't really made that, um, uh, you know, internal to connection. Maybe it's on the on the roadmap, but it but it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to do to just add vulnerability, you know, homegrown, right? I mean, if they if they want to come and you know integrate my product, great, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's probably a good route. Um, yeah. When you said about all these databases, like, what what are we talking about here? Like, I I don't go and look for you know no national databases. Like, that's not no, but the, regular. But there is there is there is a there is a, a national data national CVE database, a national vulnerability database. So 
Microsoft, uh, Cisco, Ubuntu, whoever, right? When they discover a CVE or a known vulnerability, it's it's sent to these guys. They assign. You've heard of a CVE number, right? The the common vulnerability and exemption uh, exempt. Uh, well, I can't remember what the exploit, E stands for. Maybe. Exploit, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The common vulnerability and exploits. Um, when when that gets published, then that gets put into this database for people like us to be able to draw against. Um, and that's where, you know, if you wanted to go to the database on your own, you could go in and look for CVE number, you know, again, 2023-1065 and, you know, find out about it. And, or you could go to NIST and sort of look at on their, their data website. Um, so it's, it's, the data is there, but, you know, again, it's, it's, it's cumbersome, right? It's a, it's a lot of stuff there. You don't want to have to go through all of that. And that's where we really shine in being able to, you know, identify a CVE and give you the recipe for how to fix it. Um, so you don't have to go searching for a half an hour to find how to fix something. No, hundred percent. Let me ask you this. I mean, how does this play when it comes to uh, like cyber insurance renewals? Do you uh, have people like stapling to the questionnaire? Hey, by the way, you didn't ask about this, but we actually do this, 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 and this as part of our program. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so we know we've actually, we just announced a partnership last week, for example, with DataStream Insurance, and we're working with a couple others in the similar space that um, the insurance companies, right, they, they, you know, somewhat negatively from my, <laughs> but they don't want to pay out, right? They're trying to avoid yeah. paying out, right? And, and whether that's helping you reduce the risk to start with, or finding things that, you know, yeah, you said you were doing MFA, right? MFA as a requirement, right? It's easy to say, yeah, check, I check that box. But increasingly so, I think the carriers and the 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 um, the underwriters and the the claimants, right? They're going to say, okay, show me that you did MFA for every single device on June twenty second, right? You you know, it's it's a validation. It's not just to say that you've done it, but but more increasingly that you are doing it continuously, right? And the same is extending on to vulnerability management where they may, you know, they may have required a year ago until they started losing their shirts that, you know, hey, did you do a, you know, have you done a vulnerability assessment? Yeah, check box, right, move on. Um, but now they're actually starting to require vulnerability management. And that's like what FTC safeguards is kind of a similar game where the requirement is not just that you've done it before but that you're doing it continuously you're doing it all the time so that's you know from like our reporting and our you know audit support and a compliance support is is you know if you're not doing it you're going to be asked to one way or the other so you, you know as an msp if you're not doing vulnerability management you know proactive management today um you better look into it quickly because it's either going to come down as a government regulation it's going to come down as an insurance regulation it's kind of kind of sort of almost there right i mean if you're not doing the four legs of that pillar you're not going to get insurance either to start with or you're not going to get it renewed until you can prove that you're doing those things wow okay that's good like so we're a little bit still ahead of it which is good still still barely ahead of it but 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 it's it's coming fast i mean i you know msps i talked to the other oh you know what i've been thinking about vulnerability for a year or two but now i now i need it tell me more well how does this work how do you price how do you you know how do i work with my other tools that i have um so the questions are coming much more intelligently let's say and timely would you like so for people that um 
for people that are engaged with some sort of sock provider, would this be something you would still recommend to be working in tandem with whatever agent they're using, or is there an overlap? Um, there might be a little bit of overlap, but but most of the socks aren't doing anywhere near continue. I mean, they're doing scoping for things that might happen. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like looking at a SIM tool, right? The SIM and the EDR tool are yeah, something's happened. Let's go fix it, mm -hmm. right? And you know, the sock in, in a certain ways is doing uh, doing the same kind of thing. They're being a little bit more proactive on, with some tools, but um, I think. You know, from what I understand from the the sock services that I've seen, and um, they, you know, they're 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 enabled to be more um, proactive, um, and 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 the, the data that we provide could easily be provided to the sock. And we have an integration with Sock Soder, as an example, MSP friendly sock that, right? They're using our tool to to deploy out um, in addition. So our data is going into their system, and they're able to support it and fix things down the line as they find them. Got it. Does this tie in? I assume you have integrations to all the MSP tools, right? I guess the idea is that it would come into their system like an RMM would be and create tickets and add notes and like track things that way, right? Yeah, we, we're we're a little bit we're a little bit in development with that. So we're we're one of the ConnectWise Pitch IT finalists this year, and as part of that, we're doing our integration. So we'll have that done in a few months um, from from there. But in the meantime, we do three alerts on a new new asset found or a new uh, vulnerability, critical vulnerability found, or if a sensor goes offline, we can send alerts that can go via email or Slack channel into your PSA receiving ticket or ticketing system. Um, so that's kind of our basic level. Um, we do have a whole, full set of APIs. So if you got any API capabilities, whether you just want data, you just want reports, whatever um, out of our system, you can pull that via API keys and very, straightforward if, if you know api language if you yeah. don't then then we can help you do some of that integration but um um so we're, we're in process we're, we're still improving the, that that level of automatic deployment of data that's cool um well let's get into like the part that everybody always asks you right like is this service right is it there's a minimum is there an agreement how many endpoints or is it by endpoint like yeah. So, we, yeah. So we we actually make it as easy as possible, or we think it's easy as possible for the MSP. So we have our traditional subscription model, which is a one-year subscription for a minimum of fifty assets. So it's a block of fifty, and those can be shared across customers. So it's not a it's not a huge burden. Um, and that, if you subscription, can be paid up front for a year, and that would be three hundred and twenty, three hundred and thirty dollars from distribution, or from us directly. Um, if you want to uh, to pay for that upfront, so it's about a you know six dollars an asset per year or per month, um, uh, in in that math, um, you can do a subscription, an annual subscription, and just pay it monthly. So again, the same fifty block, or we've added this spring a consumption model. So if you're not you don't want any contract, you want to just go month to month, just pay. You know we we at the end of the month we track how many you used and we bill you based on that. And again, that's via distribution or direct. So no contract, you know, one month it might be 30 and the next month is 300. You do it. And if you want to convert to save some money over time and, you know, you know, the customer set, you got the contract from the customer, let's do a subscription and, and uh, you know, save some money and be locked in for the year. So 
what would you like what's best practice from your perspective in terms of endpoints to track am i tracking every laptop desktop or am i tracking server start, am I tracking what am yeah, i yeah you can you you're, you're it's every ip address so we, we can track all the way to the edge cameras to the voip phones to the printers etc right so it's it's we we also enable the 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 untracking if you will right we can say a specific device doesn't we don't want to scan that or a specific range of ip addresses we want to turn off from scanning so that that capacity is there but you really want to be looking at everything i mean all these different devices whether it's a roomba in the home office right to the to the to the nest cameras to you know very sophisticated server um, all those devices are, are attack surfaces or potential attack surfaces. So if you're doing other protections on some of them, then, you know, you can turn off the, the node where for, for that, for that address. Um, but, but realistically, you know, you can, you gotta be, you gotta be covering everything, um, you know, everything everywhere as part of your, you know, you got an employee that's got a notebook that never is in the office, right? Put an agent on that device. Whenever they're connected to the internet, they're connecting, to us and we can we can continue scanning them on a daily basis and let's let's use that example for a second in remote employee working from home mm -hmm. are you tracking vulnerabilities just at the operating system level or what about the actual software installed on the machine as well the software installed as well so we were tracking yeah. the, you know everything we don't track uh well we may like for example word documents right or word file word um, word programs we can we can track those we can, but we're also checking the os on an ongoing basis so it's it's what's on the system when it's when it's in the credential scan like agent based um it's a fully authenticated credentialed scan so we can look pretty deep and cross within that and then again we we're matching what we find against the database to say hey we found these three things that should be on the system that aren't and vice versa we can find some you know we're because this file isn't on here, it's creating this vulnerability that is known to the hackers and you better patch it right, or fix it. Okay. I mean, listen, I, I love the answer because let's face it, there's a lot of software out there. Some stuff Absolutely. you just like, you know, I love the guys who are like, oh, I just downloaded the free network scan tool just because I need uh, something and then it's still installed. Like yeah. that happens all the time. And then yeah, they don't even remember. Right. And then all of a sudden, like there's a problem because that's a, that's a bad, you know, package somewhere. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. well, I've, I've seen, I've seen the tool, um, it's now owned by Ovic, but SAS Leo, right? SAS Leo was doing, is, is doing SAS monitoring. Sort of like we're doing the hardware monitoring. They do the, the, the SAS application. So again, Joe Blow employee, you know, decides to load his own version of Dropbox or his own version of whatever, right? Pick, pick a, pick a SAS program. Um, which, which is risky, right? Because now you're, you know, again, exposure uh, into that app has access to other data um, or, and or simply might be, they might already have a site license for it, an enterprise license, and the guy's paying 20 bucks a month for it on his expense report versus $10 you could be paying through enterprise. So there's yeah. different ways to, to look at SaaS applications and the risks that they provide as well. I don't know that area as well, but, it, you know, it, um, that that team and I, you know, we we've presented on webinars together about sort of the hardware software, you know, continuous monitoring standpoint because, you know, again, it, it, you see it every day, right? The 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 bad guys are getting better at being bad. <laughs> what about 
All right, let's go back to that home employee scenario again. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're on that Dell or HP, whatever it is, Lenovo. And let's say the firmware on their computers behind or the BIOS version, right? Is it going to track that too? Yeah, yeah. We can, we some, some of that we don't have access to just even because um, just what, what the limitations of the provider puts on it or the manufacturer. But in general cases, yeah, we, we, can, we can track all of that. Yeah, because like, hey, sometimes if there's a problem, unless there's a problem, sometimes you don't go and update those things, right? Like it's right, like right, right, we'll, and that's we'll and that's that where again, it. I that's where our you know the proactive nature of the vulnerability management is critical because you know things just come up, right? You don't know, or again, somebody in, installs something which deactivates something else, right? The DLL gets turned off, or you know whatever it might be. There's there's all kinds of things that happen between scans if you're doing a monthly or quarterly right so you, you got you got to keep up on this and you know again i, I found uh i was i don't know data point a year ago so when when a cisco announces a vulnerability or anybody right the hackers are you know on tune trying to get at that immediately right they they know who's got cisco equipment they've got they know who's got this particular switch and if they do this and so you know, if you hear of a big vulnerability, you know, that's that's great. You're going to get it on the news and some of these are going to come out and be public. But 99 percent of them you're never going to know about because they don't hit everybody. They don't affect everybody. But that's when they affect you, the bad guys are, are, are up to date. As, as you know, Hopefully you are, oh, too. But they're, it's like a race. Oh, yeah, it is. That, that's a great way to think about it. Right. It's a race to who can who can who can uh, exploit or patch first. Right, and you know they they know what's out there, right? The bad guys are attacking every surface possible, um, and if you're not managing or keeping up with your own tracking, then you know they're going to yeah. get to you. That's kind of scary. So yeah. obviously, we know about hey, that, you know, at some point, whether it's a government or insurance, like across all parties, companies, verticals, but like from you know putting that on the shelf for a second. Are you aware of specific verticals or specific compliances where this is required? Uh, yeah, so the the healthcare, the HIPAA requirements are moving this way. I think they're they're sort of, I know they're at least uh, testing or assessments. I don't know if they're quite there yet, um, but the FTC is one example where vulnerability management is required. Now, it doesn't say it needs to be truly continuous and daily. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's sort of in the in the in the works to get that to the next to the next level. Um, the cyber insurance is kind of carrier by carrier still, but but again, I think that's not far off from being, um, you know, a, a, a strict requirement because I mean, again, an insurance company wants wants to help the businesses, you know, protect their business, right? They want to not get hacked and blah blah blah. Can't can't they also want not want to have to pay out? So if they can. They can get, you know, if they can get a lower premium, because, you know, if they can charge, that's a win-win, right? So, um, you know, they, 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 they are, they are at the point of a plane. And, and actually, on that point, one of the things you asked about before is like, if is, you know, they, the data stream provides an application that the customer and or the MSP together will fill out. And there isn't a specific checkbox in there for vulnerability management today, but there is an open an open box for comments or additional information. Well, they could include in there a Nodeware output report of a, you know, a, a 
executive summary is an example of you know the the from from last week and they could supply it to show and say hey we're doing daily continuous vulnerability management here's a report that shows what we're doing and the type of data we get you know give us a lower rate i mean they may not demand that but you know that that's what they're trying to say is hey, we're, how about we're, raise we're our rate. risk because we're doing this yeah. these extra these extra you know proactive tracking of all my assets on my network and we're you know we find a vulnerability we go and fix it before it becomes a problem that's fair no i mean listen on the cyber insurance side we've heard a lot of examples of where people give more information than that's what's requested so that whenever i guess something gets to this you know ghost organization called underwriting <laughs> you know like you're going more yeah. than just check boxes right um i always wonder yeah. You know, and maybe this is a you know question for another day. I always wonder. Oh, that, that that's that's, who are in those that's clearly the, 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 the simple the simple the simple checkbox is going away, right? There's going to be validation of that you're doing the things that that uh, I mean, we've heard of some claims that have been clearly denied when somebody you know checked the box that they were doing MFA, and then when they did the forensic after after a hack, oh, uh, these ten systems do not have MFA on it. Your claim is disqual is denied. You know, you said you were doing this, you weren't. So yeah. we, we don't want, have to pay like, you. Yeah, I, I think underwriters are not generally technical people, right? At these insurance companies. And right. I, I'm I'm often like, technology is a complicated topic because it's just so, you know, multifaceted. I just, I'm curious how somebody who's not a technology person looks at checkboxes and comes up with the price. Like, I'm sure there's some <laughs> yeah. sort of, you know, formula, but still like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I well, I think I think they've evolved in cyber insurance in the last two years tremendously, right? I mean, I think you know, two years ago it was just a simple checkbox. They didn't know, right? The 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 underwriters didn't know the, the severity, they didn't know what they really needed to look for. And that's that's changing rapidly. And I think, you know, they're it's checking the box, but it's explaining more than just checking the box, right? It's providing like us, right? We want to be able to provide a you know, executive summary or a full network detail report that shows all the things that we're that we're doing, and here's what we found, and here's our risk level. We know what it is, and here's what we're doing to improve it. I mean, that's Fair. that that's ultimately what these guys want to see. Um, uh, so, I just, I just think that the to your point, right? When you're doing an insurance questionnaire once a year, that's a point in time. But um, when somebody comes to make a claim, you almost need to like you're almost on the defense, right? You almost have to prove. Yeah. Hey, I didn't just do this one time. I've been doing this consistently. And here's, I'm going to prove to you that we, we were doing this more than just, you know, once a year. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, and I think there's, there's a term that Larry Metter has talked about, which is, um, I don't think, that, I don't think I have it right, but it's something like continuous insurability, right? Where it, it's not, you know, you, you, again, you did the application, you know, eight months ago, are you still, are you still insurable? <laughs> right. And are you doing these things that are going to maintain your insurability? When your renewal comes up, are you going to get renewed? Um, so there's there, there's that movement. Um, you know, again, whether it's ins you know, insurance companies typically tend to drive government regulation because they like making money and, and they're going to, you know, they're going to force people to be more, you know, fire alarms. I'm doing some work on my home and, you know, the whole GFI you know, I got a, a, a stock, it was electrical outlet was replaced. Well, because it's, you know, 10 feet from a water source, it's code has to have GFI. Fans in the ceiling now have to have timers rather than just an on-off switch um, because there was too many 
fires that happen. So it, you know, it, it, it evolves, but I, I would, you know, if, if you're not involved in any insurance directly or indirectly, I would start getting more involved, at least understand, you know, what your customers are going to be likely coming to you for, understand, you know, what, if they want to stay insured, what they're going to need to have in their environment. Um, and, you know, we can help you with there. There's some other um, blogs out there, you know, the, the, there's a lot to learn, but um, it's going to be a critical element for any MSPs security business that's fair frank no i really appreciate you I, by the way weather looks great behind you i hope it's uh not a cloud in the sky so hopefully that's yeah good. no I'm, I'll, I'll do the quick show this is portland oregon nice july summer day the willamette river downtown views so um yeah come visit and come visit in july or august that's when you get the sunshine and <laughs> Well, that, I still I still have that uh, road trip somewhere in the list, uh, Bend, Oregon, for the last blockbuster. But all right, well, come on, come on out. There you go. Um, appreciate you for number one teaching yeah. us a little bit because hey, you know we're we're constantly in the learning yeah, business, right? I think that's the technology space. If if you're not learning, yep. uh, you're in trouble. Um, where do people find more about? I guess the two sides, right? The continuous SaaS vulnerabilities tool. And then I guess like the services team, right? I guess they're two separate pieces. They're, 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 they're two separate pieces to, to think about, but um, you know, if, I don't know if you're going to put up my email or whatever on here, I'm happy to, happy to answer any questions that people might have and uh, you know, look for, you know, help, help, help explain again, that <laughs> if nothing else, if we can help educate more people on the difference between vulnerability assessment, vulnerability management and pen test, that that trifecta is an important element to understand and happy to help people, you know, understand what they can do and what tools they need for each one of those three, because they are distinct enough, but they're related. All right. So just in case people want to reach Frank, I'm not going to put his email up because you might be listening to this in a podcast audio format. But, you know, if you look up, uh, you know, so Frank, it's called Frank Ramondi, right? First initial last name, like a lot of other people format their emails. Yep. And then it's at yeah. igius. It's Frank. Frank. Dot, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. First. First initial last name. So f r a i m o n d i at igius. dot com is easiest to remember. Perfect. And check them out. Right. Um, you know, there's Nodeware is the, or... the SaaS application. So just that one's easy to Google, right? And then if you have mm -hmm. questions, yeah, you know, I see Frank out on the road a lot, but he surely answers his phone while he's uh, walking around town. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> As you can see. Awesome. Right, appreciate, George, you hey. jump, appreciate you for jumping on, Frank, for everyone else. The session was recorded. We're going to have this on uh, in a little bit under sessions on the mspinitiative.com website. So you can go back and rewind this sucker and, uh, you know, take a couple you know bullet points and then hit Frank up and figure out if this is something that, you know, you're interested in, uh, in adding to your uh, either internal or to your customer environment. But, you know, it seems like it's about $6 ish. Uh, an endpoint. An endpoint is anything that responds to an IP address. You can exclude yeah. stuff, he said, which is good. And that's for the that's there. for the year, right? The six dollars is for the year. Okay, that's even better. That's the <laughs> uh, an IP address a year. That's not bad. Uh, now that right. you divide that by twelve, and you you know that's not a, you know monthly. It looks yeah. very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I right. really appreciate your time, Frank. Thank you very much for everyone. My else. pleasure Thank you for tuning in. And we will catch you uh, again. Please you know, keep track on what we're doing at mspinitiative.com. We'll guys catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Thank you.